Welcome in, everyone, to Barely Educated, episode 91. I am Mark Jansen. As usual, I'm joined by Chris Teichler, fresh off a performance of his own. Hopefully that went better than the fourth quarter did for the beloved Bears today. Chris, (laughs) how are you, and how did the concert go? Good. It was uh, Handel's Messiah that uh, our school does every year, and yeah. It went well. They they did a good job. They were able to handle everything. Oh no. Oh no. I'm sorry. But I'm the sorry. bears have their own messiah. Oh, oh right. Just their own in the football context, everyone calm down. Now actually for once I don't even really want to lead with Justin Fields. Okay. What did you think of the game besides, you know? the Packers doing what they do um that was two bad football teams and one was all around worse than the other but the best player on the field was on our team and That's true. when's the last time we said that about a Bears Packers game it's been a little not while. only that he's the QB yeah <laughs> um don't let the end fool you people yeah I, I think yeah, we need to talk game... about that specifically I, yeah we'll get there for sure I would so I saw a tweet that I agree with. I don't remember who sent it out. Somebody I hadn't heard of. Let me figure out if I can find it as we go here. But it was basically saying that game said more about the Packers and where they're at than it Mm. did the Bears. Here -hmm. you have a team comes into the season in win now mode despite losing Adams, and they have a dreadful season. It was by a guy named Andrew Jones at Cubby Andrew. So shout out to mm. that guy. Honestly, that game today says way more about the Packers fall than the Bears loss. Rogers looks cooked. Team does not look like they, the contender they claim to be. And the Bears, of course, are deliberately bad. Yes. And it shows in different ways every week and it shows in in sometimes the same way every week which is what's really sort of funny about it so the way that it showed that was a little different not much some dreadful plays by um the wide receivers well really just the one by saint brown that was horrible we'll come back to that and things that they've stunk at all year, no pass rush, D-line's non-existent. al Muhammad cannot set a basic edge to save his life. I'm talking about the run by Watson. <laughs> Just no discipline at all. That guy is awful. He might be the single worst free agent I can remember the Bears signing that wasn't a bust of a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, and he, came, he didn't break the bank. Oh, he, sorry. Good. He came from the Colts, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, a, oh, he's so bad. He I can't believe Eberflus how bad that guy, guy is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's dreadful. Mm-hmm. But Watson's pretty darn fast. He is. He probably couldn't oh, have made the man. play anyway. Just that he didn't even begin to do his keys killed me. Um, but anyway, they find new heartbreaking ways to lose if you're invested in them winning. <laughs> I guess is how I'll put it. But I know as you're watching it, Chris, you wanted them to win. Yes, of course I did. Because I'm a meatball from 12 to 3 on Sundays. Yes, yeah, same you know? to a certain extent. By midway through the third quarter, my wife says to me, sweet, sweet wife, says to me, sweet wife, sweet wife, are you conflicted right now? And I'm like, 
a little bit. And then I was like, you know, I think it's kind of a win-win. Like, mm -hmm. I would have been happy with the win, and I don't really care that they lost. I'm a little annoyed at how they lost. Go Does on. that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Go on. The most frustrating thing about this loss to me is the coaching. Mm. And I hate that I'm still there. As you know, I would never have hired Matt Eberflus. Mm -hmm. I would never yeah. have hired a 12-year veteran defensive assistant who's big – spiel is a goofy acronym I, i'm fine with the acronym former players have told us it or told us on the radio and different fans not you and me directly that'd be cool though yeah. uh but they've said you know sometimes players really buy into that it just depends on your locker room it culture is important no one can ever define it it seems like a bunch of obvious baseline don't be a jerk or be a bad teammate stuff but you sure know it when you don't have it mm. Mm -hmm. So, okay, he's good at that stuff. And I have a hard time with this because I hated the process by which he was hired, and I would have never hired that type of coach in this situation with QB1 on the team. And I'm always like, okay, is my frustration just that whole thing again, or do I have a point? So that's where I need you and the listeners. At least he sets the culture well that like that's – happening they still play hard mm -hmm. but my gosh the strategies and the play calling and i'm putting it all on eberflus and some on getsy but ultimately the head coach is the guy where you know the, the the buck stops here right what were they doing when they had a chance to put their foot on the throat of the opponent with the stupid running 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 after fields hits a big shot to Nikhil harry and then blocked field goal. Yeah, that's what you get. That was the part that got me riled up. Mm. Completely wussy coaching again. And I've probably come on this pod four or five times this year and ranted about the ultra-conservative play calling and how stupid it is, how bad it is, how counterproductive it is for the development of your QB. And I could not possibly hate it more. Were they trying to unless they're in on the tank? Woo! Yay, okay. tank. <laughs> well, that was that was definitely uh, a conspiracy nope, theory. There, there. Everyone. Yes. <laughs> on Bears Twitter is like there gets he's in on the tank. Like, eh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but they definitely Third I don't and know. Five run. Oh but, my gosh. And all the second and long runs all the time. Guys, you have a QB now. <laughs> and he can throw the ball too. See also the rest of the game yeah Hit a they're... bunch of deep shots it was his best passing day and then they turtle up in the red zone every time and i just i just laughed when the kick got blocked because it was no it was not going in anyway it was a dreadfully low kick he, he and i'm like bad that's today. what you get <clears throat> he missed an extra point too and even the field goal he did make was kind of a floater line drive knuckleball looking little rough thing spell. you know he, he, he was hurt earlier and I'm just not uh, sure if he's right. Okay. We'll talk more about him if we need to. But I just want to stay on point with the coaches. So let me Why are they still doing this? This is a really big concern moving forward. Do they not trust the receivers in the in the red zone? Or do they not trust fields in the red zone? Or... Do they not just trust any of it? I really don't know. But that's kind of my point. Uh-huh. You every time you have the chance to do it, you turtle up. Of course, you're not developing it. You don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, 
this is the perfect year to be like, okay, we just hit a 50 yard pass. Let's take a 25 yard shot to the end zone. Let's go hurry up and, and be aggressive with this thing. Instead it's like, Hey, let's run three times. It's like the third quarter and they're running out the clock. <laughs> now, to be fair, I think Eberflus has done some good things. I've said that quite a few times on this pod. And I think he's not working with a whole lot in general. That's but I'm just sure. so tired of seeing the wimpy play calling. And that might just be on Getzy only, but I really don't think it's fair to blame one guy and not both. I'm, I'm blaming both okay. is what I'm trying to say there. Well, Eberflus should be saying, hey, Luke, let's uh, let's take a few more risks here. Let's throw the ball more. Yeah, so I feel like part that. of Getzy's play calling is Eberflus saying, hey, no, let's let's slow it down again. You know, Could be. Like they're, they go together, whether it's fair or not, I don't know. But ultimately, Eberflus could intervene if he wants. If he doesn't, that would be on him. If he does intervene and he's saying to Getzy, don't call this, then that's on him. You see what I mean? Yep. And if he just lets Getzy go, then it's on both of them. So it's like hard to break down without more info, but I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of third down runs. I'm tired of crazy conservative end game which they didn't do today but they did against Atlanta and red zone conservative calls so Luke Getze is starting to be I mean he's still passing my course with flying colors because of what he's working with Yeah, but he doesn't have an A anymore mm, okay you know what I'm saying Yep. I, and that's fine I want to point out too as I've said before coaches are allowed to grow as well and we definitely saw it after the mini buy. But the last couple games with Fields playing, I don't care about the Jets game. Throw it out. The other two games, Falcons and today, I had, Getsy gave us more to be concerned about than he has so far. And by extension, that extends to Eberflus. But yeah. they got plenty of time. I'm not firing anybody. I'm not advocating for anything like that. If we're sitting here next year and it's still this way, I probably would. <laughs> Just being honest. Yeah, and they is that should... fair? Am I crazy? Yes, absolutely. No, no, no. You're not crazy at all. And they should, if nothing else, feel like they can trust Cole Komet in the red zone. He's proven that he can make those red zone touchdown catches, and like not even trying that, and just sticking with the run. Frustrating. Yeah, it is and, frustrating. Uh, and here's the worry, and here's what we don't know yet, and why it's. Nothing I'd panic about yet, but it's, you know, it's in the notebook as a worry. Are they, especially if it's the head coach overseeing it in some fashion, just wired to be that passive and conservative in those situations? You do not beat good QBs, which Aaron Rodgers isn't anymore, but you don't beat Aaron Rodgers as the Bears with field goals. You're not going to beat Jalen Hurts next game with field goals. You're not going to beat Josh Dallin with them. You're not going to beat anybody next year kicking field goals all the time inside your own 20 because you ran it three times because <laughs> you did two stupid screens. And get the oh. stupid wide receiver screen out of the playbook of the rest of this year. You can't run it right now. What I don't know that? why. Justin really struggles with those throws too a little bit more than – makes sense the horizontal like, that's like his throws, worst yeah. play those horizontal throws like you can tell he's just awkward at that you know what though i'll take it if that's his weakness yeah i'll take that just his... stop <laughs> calling it yes. <laughs> we he can can't, fix this he can't throw the zero yard pass fine let's not <laughs> do that again <laughs> it just doesn't seem difficult to move on from a play that doesn't work 
man, great I catch, don't know. Great catch by uh, Harry on that deep ball. Great catch. Like, why has that guy been inactive so much? Great question. That's another. This is why I wanted to leave with the coaching. I have questions about the play calling, and then I have questions about some of the talent evaluation. And this is just trying to be analytical without panicking, but also not being a homer. Why was Tevin Jenkins that whole thing happening ever? Talent evaluation should put that guy in the starting lineup, period. Right. Now we're doing it. I think they did it a little bit with Nikhil Harry because he's not ready yet. I get that, but you're going to play Claypool because of the investment. He wasn't ready either. Those guys are both better for field skill set than the guys you've been playing forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it's it's a combination of things. Uh, I guess the timeout was – Oh, you know, the timeout, that, that was stupid. Yes. Unless it was like my young defense with a bunch of backups. I want to talk to him before this play, like an actual coaching moment, but strategically really stupid. Very. And then you had the chance after a good return to take a shot to get to field goal range. You don't do it. And of course you don't have your timeout now. So like, there's a lot of like stuff like that. That's sort of adding up. And again, coaches can learn, but I thought it was a bad day for the coaching staff and that needed to be pointed out. Maybe there is something wrong with Santos and why they didn't try to get into field goal range before the half. You do wonder. I now, the good on the coaching today, they did call the deep shots that he hit. Yes. The secondary was unbelievable for considering the pedigree that's out there or yes. lack thereof. That's got to give a little love to the coaches. Jack Sanborn is playing great football. The list. Sandman. I want that to be the, the nickname. Sandman. <laughs> Put him to sleep, Jack. No. Dude, dude's good. If he was drafted in the third round, what would you think of his play right now? I'd say good pick. So good. let's quit caring whether he was undrafted and acknowledge that this guy should be the starting mic. Here's my question. Go though. get him a will. Go get him a burner will, right? A quick will. Okay. But the guy's the guy cleans up so well and he's heady. And he made some amazing plays through traffic. He did. He did. He- with no help in front of him. He's playing great football. Here's my question, though. Nine tackles total today, according to CBS's box score. That's pretty good. Here's my question, though, about him. Is it the is he good, or is he just functional by comparison to the rest of the crap that's out there? <laughs> Not when I you watch know? it. I mean, he, he darts through. He's made a couple, like, okay, that's an elite-level play. I know his speed can totally be exposed when, you know, somebody's going to kill him on a wheel route to a running back. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but he's quick, but though. He's like, good. He's yeah. good because he's smart. That's what I was going to say. He's I think quick he to... has all the stupid stuff you can't coach in, upstairs. Yes. Not maybe mm-hmm. athletically. And he's a sure, he's a sure tackler most of the time. He and he's around know... the ball. Like, uh-huh. I don't know, man. Uh-huh. For, for what you pay him, 100% he's my mic for the next couple years. Okay. I got too many other holes anyway. Yeah. Like so... I got too many problems to fix on this team. So let's say he's plugged in for next year. Does that make five starters that you've got from this team going into next year on the defense? Because you got your uh, – or four starters, I guess. If you count your two, uh, Jalen Johnson and uh, Kyler Gordon and Eddie Jackson and Sanborn. So you got four guys from Is this team. Jackson back? When's he back? You think he he's might not, not back be? at the start of the season. No, you it's don't usually eleven so. months. Ooh. Okay. But Carson's playing okay. Yeah. 
-hmm. I don't care. Honestly, this is going to sound like a great, hilarious, ridiculous overstatement. I don't care about anybody on the defense but the D-line. If they did literally nothing at linebacker and just were like, like S, screw it, we'll bring back Morrow and Sanborn, and DeAndre Houston Carson can start next to Brisker until Eddie's back, bring in a nickelback somewhere in the draft, whatever, and it was just revamp the front four, I'd be fine. Yeah, any kind That's of pass rush. The D-line yeah. is dreadful. Yeah, any kind of pass rush in the Bears dominate that game. Yeah, he had all day to throw. They hit him once, and it was Taco Charlton who they just picked <laughs> up off the waiver wire. It was Taco. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no sacks yeah. again. How many weeks in a row is this with no sacks? No, they got one last week. Pennell or somebody got one at the end-ish. Because the broadcast is like, this is the first sack by a Bears D lineman in like 16 Ugh. years or whatever the stat was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it 1977. Yeah. I mean, Justin Jones works as a rotational piece. I'm not kicking him off the team or anything, but the rest of them are bad or disappointing mm-hmm. or too young. The, all the old guys, the dumpster diving they did there, bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Armand Watts is fine as a rotation guy. They don't have a guy that you're like, that guy's a starter on a good team anywhere on that D-line. Justin yeah. Jones is the closest. Yeah, you need but- a three-tech more than you need anything else on this roster and the next biggest need is edge and then it goes to o-line that's how bad the d-line is the o-line at least has a couple keepers the d-line doesn't have anybody that you're like nfl starter for the next five years you know what i don't have any complaints about the o-line today they played good i wanted to transition to that braxton jones is is on a good run that guy's your left tackle next year we might as well all just get used to it okay um Could and Jenkins worse. is good. He had the hold, but whatever. It's, you're gonna have that. Yeah, Mustafer had probably his best game against Kenny Clark of all people. I still it was not an embarrassment. I'd still upgrade that in a second. It's still yeah. a need. Because mm-hmm. I don't think Lucas Patrick's any good either. Um mm-hmm. that's just a terrible whiff. Man, Ryan Pace was horrible in free agency. It needs to be said. Even though I know he's going cheap, those guys all stink. Please take that back, Mark. Sorry, Ryan Poles. Oh, Right, but you both do, frankly, <laughs> except for Akeem Hicks. <laughs> well, I mean, he 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 got short contracts for everybody. It's like he knew that's he just, that's the big thing. Is they're not hooked. To, yeah. I just I hope the talent evaluation is better than we're seeing right now. But you know, it's a choice to go that cheap when you have this much money. You can always roll it over in a contract. Yeah. So they didn't care. They wanted the draft pick. That's fine. Now they're. I'm. I'm like. Are they? tanking as coaches like it's hilarious that they were that bad in the third and fourth quarter with the play calling for me to seriously ask that like it's ridiculous i mean of course i'm thinking no but of course at the not. same time like it was so man, bad it's like why one, they, of the, one of the explanations that leaps to mind is that why are they even letting us think that that's a possibility just truly funny um so the o-line nice job alex leatherwood I need somebody who knows O-line play to tell me if he played as well as I think he played. I mean, and if, if the final month is enough to evaluate him. First was, round draft pick. Wasn't this the best or one of the best O-line performances all year? Oh, the best. Justin even said it was a great performance. Yeah. He had time to throw and look what he did. And look what he did. Forget Amazing. the end. All right, we're to that. Let's talk about that. These okay. interceptions need to be talked about. Okay. I want to do the second one first. Why? Because okay. it's easy. 
He's just being stupid aggressive because of the spot he's in in the game. Throw it out. It doesn't matter. It's all totally on him. If that was a second quarter interception, I'd be like, Justin, what was that? You're down nine now. Down nine. Exactly. They were down by nine. By the Packers, by the way. Go for two to put (laughs) put the game out. Hey, there's going for the jugular, like I was saying about stomp on the opponent's neck. Mm. Anyway, so now Justin has no choice but to be overly stupid and risky with the football. Mm -hmm. I don't care at all about that one. The first one. Have you watched highlights of it, lowlights of it? No, I have not. I I ran from the game to my gig, so no. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do you a solid because that's the kind of guy I am. What a guy! I sent this cousin Nate was out too. Cousin Nate. He was at Wrigley Field. What? For like a Christmas event thing. Wow. Is cousin Nate a Cubs fan? Yeah. (gasps) Cousin Nate. Uh, they're all they're all Cubs fans. Just you. You're the only defecated, no, defective one. I'm lots. There's lots of things wrong with me. <laughs> That's not one of them. No. Um, <laughs> where did I, I? I had tweeted it to him, and I can't find it. Uh, man, there's like a hundred different places to find this, probably. Okay. Okay. So the point is. It was a terrible route. Well, Slareth said that during the game. Slareth called it out. Mm -hmm. And he basically said, this is a really bad route on a comeback. And you can see that he like, it's the slowest, goofiest. I don't know how to put it. It's just really awkward the way he comes back, like with, like takes like seven stutter steps it just looks all wrong it's like the least fluid attempt to come back to the ball ever it's mm-hmm. it's really bad and didn't you Ellis- called it a trust throw okay fields who usually falls on the sword did not good for him <laughs> that is actually kind of yeah cuz uh, just be honest that's really more important this is um Adam Johns at the post game with Fields, paraphrasing what Fields says. Bears QB Justin Fields went through it. Many on here thought his first interception was an anticipated timing throw to St. Brown on a dig route. He needed St. Brown to come back more to the ball to ward off Alexander. And I would add, he just does it all so slowly that Alexander is able to jump it. He said that too. I did see that. And then Alexander just took a blowtorch to – St. Brown's career as a wide receiver. <laughs> no, he really did. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, I think you sent me that tweet. Yep. So here you go. I can get here's the um I don't normally link this guy's stuff that much. Well, actually, if you scroll up, you'll see it. So I, I want you to see it though, to like make this conversation more meaningful, and then we can quote what um what he said did you text it to if me you or scroll up you'll see the actual route did you text so, it or messenger I, it to me oh do i need to messenger yeah, it because messenger. your phone doesn't I'm, work in your office I'm in my... do you see what i'm dealing with here people <laughs> hey this is the inner workings of the barely educated pod people they're seeing how the what's the expression the whatever gets made the sausage the sausage yeah oh there it is Okay, Scroll Michael up. Gus. Michael Gus is awesome. Scroll up for the play itself. Oh, yep, there it is. 
Yeah, I see ESP running. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, the way he slips Whoa. and dirt, just dirt, dirt, doesn't dirt. even like stop on a dime at all. I don't even know if he mm -hmm. slips. It's just so clunky. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Alexander's um, right there. Yep. F so right there. This is also, why they if can't you scroll pass. past what I sent <clears> you, you'll also see a little conversation about the talent evaluation. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Those guys are right too. Had six weeks of Jenkins and Lucas Patrick rotating before they realized Jenkins is a top ten guard. Gus says I can't agree more. While I say I have serious when I say I have serious concerns with the staff, it's this stuff. I mean, I don't care about the record. That's not the things that make me side eye. Thus, these kind of decisions are. Mm, yeah. So anyway, dreadful route, and I think it's important to once again have the conversation about interceptions require more nuance than they are given in almost every analysis. Absolutely. And I, was, I do not like Mark Schlereth, but he was dead on right on that one. It's not that I dislike him. I just don't think he's that interesting an analyst. Oh, he's a but, meatball lineman, right? Wasn't yeah. he? But I'm, I wish there were more linemen doing it. Mm -hmm. so i thought that was worth pointing out and so yeah at the end of the day fields goes 20 for 25 for 254 and two picks one pick is being aggressive in a hopeless situation the other one is totally on the receiver according to the coach mm -hmm. the quarterback who normally doesn't tell you that and the corner who intercepted <laughs> it that's the best one i think because they were teammates right Yep. They were teammates for a little bit, so he knows. Him. And he, yeah, he said something to the effect of, uh, um, "He's really slow, one of the slowest." <laughs> I don't know, something like that. Uh, really funny. That was harsh. Like, like wow, settle down over there. It, like uh, he, I mean, like I said, he took a blowtorch to it. He's like, "Yeah, I know he's trash. He's he's a former teammate. I know he's trash." Blah blah blah. Like it was pretty. Yeah, bad. here it is. Here it is. Uh, I just found it. Yeah, I was trying it... to figure out who I sent it to. Where <laughs> I knew it was coming. One thing about the receiver that I got the pick on, you're going to know when he's about to break down his route. So I already knew it. I envisioned it. I was telepathic because I had seen it before it happened. Asked uh, Chair Alexander what kind of indicators ESB gives to show when he's breaking down a route. Bad at he, route running. <laughs> he's just not as quick as some. He's just kind of slow with it. He's real slow. So it was just easy. <laughs> the highlight I sent you. I mean, <laughs> slow is a great way to describe the way he tries to break that. Yeah. He had a nice play on the deep ball, but that's the very opposite of a fluid route runner. And I couldn't help but think, you know, what's that play look like with Mooney running that route? Yeah. Yeah. And the throw was right there. Yep, and exactly. this is a Michael Gus point too. But choosing to have guys like ESB as big time snap count guys is a choice. I know he's good in the run game, and he's had a couple catches this year. He's playing way too much. Well, that's why that's... do you suppose the Packers got rid of him? Uh huh. Aaron yep. Rodgers isn't putting up with a route like that. Yep, but you nailed but... it. I mean, because he's good at the at the run block, and they want to keep running. Can I just again say I'm just begging the Bears to draft receivers who receive and <laughs> and sign receivers who receive and play receivers who know how to receive. It's great that they're willing run blockers. That's a secondary or tertiary part of the job. But if they're terrible at the receiving part, it's a problem. I, I don't feel like this is rocket science. 
I just want to understand you correctly. You're saying a receiver's job should primarily be receiving the ball. Yes. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. Some other things to get to, right? Yes. Um, I mean, he's been better than I thought in some ways, but that was that was why he was on the scrap heap that route. All right. Do we do we need to do the draft thing? I think we need to do this like every week. Probably. Because maybe not everyone pays attention here. to this as much. All right. So I got a thread. Did you see my my retweet of the Aaron Lemming tweet? Uh, yes, I did. This is worth going over, right? Yep. And then we'll do the Bears to wear number 90 and 91. Oh, sounds good. So, okay. Updated look at the draft pick scenarios. And by the way, nobody's celebrating the loss. Most of us that are in the it's okay to lose camp are just saying it's good for the long term. That's not celebrating. That's just recognizing where they're at. Okay, number one, he says, the worst they could do if they lose out is number three. Okay. This is the where it gets really important. There are only four true four-win teams left, New Orleans pending tomorrow night. Carolina and New Orleans play each other, so really there are only three four true four-win teams. If you seem that there's no ties, although there was a tie today, that it means works. if the Bears won a game down the stretch, the worst they'd pick is seven. Again, I really don't want them to do that. It, it, like, as soon as the season's over, we'll all be glad they lose all these games. I know that sucks, but it's true. <laughs> of the three win teams, us, Denver, the Rams, Denver and the Rams play each other. Oh, okay. Hence, losing out, guaranteeing a top three pick. So be- the Bears have by far the highest strength of schedule. So there goes that whole conversation from the summer. And that's a tiebreaker scenario, which bumps you down because it's like you lost to better teams. So the team that lost to worse teams must be worse. They get the higher pick. So Denver has the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Chargers left. Those poor idiots have to play the Chiefs twice yet? (laughs) The Rams have the Raiders, the Packers, the Broncos, the Chargers, the Seahawks. Rams have a much easier schedule, but again, one of them loses to the other. Okay. So of the four, four win teams, they have winnable games. Jacksonville has Houston, New Orleans has Atlanta, Tampa, Carolina, Arizona has Denver, Tampa, Atlanta. You could see them winning any of these games is the point. Long story short, it appears that unless this is, I'm quoting him now, the bears find a way to win two or more. They are very likely picking in the top five. Number one is out of the question, it seems like. They're terrible, right? But number two may still be tough. So numbers three to five seem like the safest expectation, even if they got one win. Which I think they will because it's the NFL. (laughs) It's just hard to lose 10 in a row or do anything 10 in Uh a row. (laughs) Now, we almost had a great day on that with Denver barely losing and the Rams barely losing, but they both did. By the way, I say this, one of the four-win teams with a tie, the Colts, down two, just got an interception, I think. So, basically, root for all the three- and four-win teams to win a game <laughs> or two. Um, So, that's a wrap on that. Do you want to do the Bears jerseys? We got six minutes left on our, on our, Zoom, my on friend. our Zoom before they kick us Re- out. Real quick, can I, at this point... We'll do gonna... the numbers next time. How about that? Okay, all right. If uh, let's say they get this top five pick, are you trading it or are you grabbing Jalen Carter or the uh, defensive Depends end? Depends on the trade. Okay. 
So Anderson or Carter would be Anderson, great. Yeah. I I gotta tell you, Jalen Carter would fit this defense perfectly. And the play uh, where he picks the guy up with one arm and then does the number one. The, the sheer amount of sass there was great. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him. In the, uh, He's great. Uh, it's weird he doesn't play a ton. Like his snap count's kind of low, which is gonna come up in the conversation. I want the transformational trade for sure, but it's got to be good enough. Yeah. And maybe you can trade down and still get one of those guys. He's, you might. Yeah. I mean, I think Will Anderson's going to be the first non-QB off the board, but mm. when is that? What we need is for a bunch of GMs to do what they do most years and fall in love with a guy in his underwear. What? And a guy <laughs> throwing to his teammates with no defense. And that guy is Will Levis. Mm, yes. I watched a couple Kentucky games out of curiosity. Was not impressed at what he did, but it's a small sample. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he's the 6'4", 230, all the intangibles they all say he has, all that stuff. It's all Koshy speaky stuff. Watched the games. I wasn't impressed, but I don't care. I need him to be a workout warrior. If we can get a third QB up there, it's not that vital that is you know like the first two are going to be QBs and if you can't get the second pick you're probably not getting the trade scenario unless Will Levis gets people going crazy QBs always rise right before the draft they always yeah. do but Will Levis could get people going crazy so he could well look what happened to Zach Wilson and now look what's happened to Zach Wilson and Ooh, if you can pick geez. the best or second best defensive player in the draft and you pick cuz you picked fifth you know it's not the best outcome but it's still more exciting than what they've given us last yeah. off season yeah. and just be better at talent evaluation. And that's hopefully going to happen because you're using the resources that are better resources. I got a text earlier today from my buddy, my waiting buddy, Brian, waiting and... buddy, Brian, who actually knows production. How do you bear listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, he may not, I don't know, but he, he, he really sums up my feelings. He said, gotta say, even though it stings, this was a pretty great outcome for the Bears. Fields clearly showed growth as a pocket passer, and the offense demonstrated glimpses glimpses of just how potent it can be in the future with an infusion of talent in the offseason. Higher draft pick remains in place as well. Bears. Not only that, Green Bay's picking lower. Yes. Yeah, hey, I, clearly the ahead. Bears are the team better set up for the next four or five years. Clearly. That's the thing. That's the positive. If like, yes. I know people want to win when we're watching it and all this, but man, just think about that game with an eye towards the future. And it doesn't sting near as much as your typical right? bears got beat by the Packers in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't. I know they got outscored 25 to three or some stupid thing at one point. I know Hogue, Hogue clown on people for celebrating the loss. It's like, nobody's celebrating. Yeah. Shut no, up. No, no, no. And please go back stays. to being one of the good guys on the beat. What's wrong with you? Uh, oh, by the way, guys. He's turned heel. I thought yeah. Trevor Lawrence learned how to win last week. What was that? Well, he got he, he got hurt. No, I'm not mocking his injury. Oh, that okay. team came out and got <laughs> rolled. Yeah. <laughs> so Gee, it's... you think maybe it's a week-to-week, year-to-year league and all this no. nonsense about learning to win, like it has to happen right now, Parkins' point? It is. Is, uh... is maybe just – way overblown 40 to 14 i thought they learned how to win every every beat writer wants the bears to be remember the titans you know 
where they have overcome this adversity and learned to win together. And yeah. So it's just nonsense. It is. It's just it's not real. And they'll all come to summer camps and everywhere else and they'll say it's a new year, we're gonna be fine and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And that's actually more accurate than well, I think we're going to have a really good year this year because we held on and beat Detroit and Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to remember this. Nope. All right, take us out so All that right. we don't. Uh, we're not have doing a disastrous ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, and we're not doing a show next week unless there's some kind of big news that breaks. Because it's uh, the bye we, week. We will take and a bye week. You all need the bye like us. Yes. Uh, but please send us your emails: barelyeducatedpod at gmail Let's talk on Twitter, barely underscore educated. Our uh, personal emails are in the uh, website uh, bio, too, if you want to send us a personal text as well. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends to check us out. We will talk to you in a couple weeks. Bear down, my friends. The bears are who we thought they were. Oh, no. Put that through your mind. I f- all the bears.